0: Hey hockey fans, welcome to This Week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey for the week of January 28th through February 3rd. I am your host tonight, Trasher. The panel with me tonight is Bill Berg, Del Scanlon, and Bill Berg Jr. And we're going to start out tonight with what we call Championship Week uh, games of the week, and they're going to comprise the three conference championships that took place during the frigid last week of uh, last week, actually. And we'll start out by going to the boys Badgerland Conference Tournament. And with that, I will hand it off to Burglar.
1: Thanks, Trasher, And that's a good place to start because it's the Badgerland Conference that started this. Uh, they've held their championship Tournament uh, at the end of the season They play each other once during the season Which is used to seed the tournament And then they have their tournament at the end And uh, we've been a big fan Of that and you know the girls Eastern conference joined on that The great northern conference joined on it This year for the boys And we would like to see All t- all Conferences do something similar to this And make it championship week You know throughout the state But that's just our little soapbox all uh, right, now we'll get to the Badgerland Championship Tournament. Um, like I said, we've been covering this for as long as they've been holding it. Uh, unfortunately, you know, something came up Saturday, and I was not able to make it over there. Um, but we got all the information. The I think the first round was pretty much wiped out by school closings last week. Um, and they just kind of went with the seed. They, they just kind of assumed that the seed's... Fell as they were and just jumped in with the second round on Friday and the championship round on Saturday. Uh, Fox City Stars beat Fond du Lac uh, two to nothing, I think take third place. Um, and Nina Hortonville manasha rode a four goal second period to beat Fond du Lac St. Mary's Springs four to three in the championship. Uh, they also announced another great thing about this hosting the the conference tournament is that they announced all their conference awards, the all-state or the all-conference teams. Um, they announced so those generally in between the third place game and the championship game, where you've got you know at least four teams worth of fans there. You know those who were at the the third place game and those who are coming for the championship game. So you've got fans there. You announce the players. They go out on the ice. It's a whole lot better than just you know, a press release you know the week after the state tournament when everybody's done with hockey. and you, Oh, here, by the way, here's our all-conference team. Um, the Badgerland First Conference, Zach Welch of St. Mary's Springs, Dylan Fox of Nina Hortonville-Manasha, and Max Ersted of Fond du Lac are the three forwards on the first team. Uh, defenseman Owen Engel of Nina Hortonville-Manasha, Noah Blank of St. Mary Springs, and Noah Pickert, a sophomore of St. Mary Springs, are the three defensemen. And the top goalie in the all-conference for Badgerland Conference is Max Gutjar of the Fox City Stars. Um, We'll have the whole list up there on the website as soon as I manage to get it posted. Uh, The Badgerland Conference Player of the Year was the aforementioned Max Gutjar the Fox City's senior goaltender, coach of the year, Jeff Lindemann and Mike Elkin of Nina Hortonville-Manasha. Um, and the regular season championship with Nina Hortonville-Manasha, also the tournament championship. The sportsmanship award went to Oshkosh. Uh, Scholar-athlete, they also have a Scholar-athlete award. Um... They had a whole bunch of them. Uh, Matt Jack Moeller from Appleton, Walker Gazda from Appleton, Max Gutjar from Fox Cities, Trent Christoffel from Fox Cities, Aaron Newsbaum from Nina, Cody Diaz, Dylan Fox, Owen Engel and Eric Alberts, all from Nina Hortonville-Manasha, Mason Robertson from Oshkosh, Zachary Welsh from St. Mary Springs, and Carter Flegner from Waupun. Were your... Uh, your scholar athlete award winners in the badge line conference. So it's a great event um, really wraps up the conference schedule. I know a lot of, you hear a lot of people talking about know, that, you know, the only thing that counts in the whole hockey season, you know, is the playoffs and for the state tournament. Well, no, if you're in a conference, those games count and you want to win your conference. And then to have a big event like this at the end of your conference season is just a way to a great way to wrap up the conference and, Congratulations to Nina hortonville Manasha on winning uh, the regular season championship and the tournament championship. And congratulations to all of the the, all-conference members and the the Scholar-Athlete Award winners from the Badgerland Conference. And that's my story from there. And back to you, Trasher.
0: All right. Thanks, Burglar. Uh, The Badgerland Conference... Always uh, very well represented in the state. Uh, they always seem to have uh, three or four really solid, solid, solid teams in there. And uh, we we like the way that they do things down there. It's pretty much a, a first-class organization ran through there, and uh, we definitely appreciate that. Um, and I know what you mean about conference championships. Um, when Emily... Uh, Here I go again. My daughter was a freshman. Her team tied for the conference championship for the first time, and I think the only time in the Red Panther history. And, I mean, it's a big deal. So it's nice to have uh, that banner flying in your arena, and it's a big deal. And we really like the way that these guys do that. So with that, we'll move on to the next conference tournament, which was the Eastern Shores Conference Tournament. And our buddy from uh, Reedsburg-Baraboo area, Del Scanlon, will tell us a little bit about that. Del, what do you got for us?
2: Thanks, treasure Well, on Saturday evening, I ended up having to send a text to uh, Coach Wojcik and ask him to explain to Jeff Fox and both teams why I wasn't going to be able to be at the game in person on Saturday evening due to the weather last week. Uh, our company ended up having to work Saturday and I didn't get ho- home till almost six o'clock Saturday evening from work. So a little hard to make it up to Nina in time for a 630 game. But this was the Eastern Shores Conference Tournament. And like Burglar with the Badgerland, Eastern Shores also announced their first team uh, and second team honorable mentioned players up. Uh, prior to the third-place game, and then went on to name their Scholar Athlete Awards, which we will post all of that uh, up on the website here in the next day or so. But the Sportsmanship Award this year went to Arrowhead Co-op. The conference championship actually came down to being the number one team against the number two team in the state, in our rankings last week, as it was the Fox City Stars taking on the Alliance, which is the Warbirds-Beaver Dam co-op. And to get there, Fox City Stars beat USM 4-2 in their game, while the Alliance slipped by the Union 2-1, to and they went on to make it to the championship game on Saturday evening. This game... Went to the third period and it was a shorthanded goal with three minutes and 33 seconds, or three minutes three seconds remaining in the game as Morgan Brown for the Alliance scored a shorthanded goal to give the Alliance a one-to-nothing win and the conference title on Saturday evening. And with that, I'm going to toss it back to you, Treasure.
0: All right. Thanks, Del. I had to try to find my unmute button on the Skype here. Um, We have some other games. Uh, I'm going to pass it along to Bill Jr., and he's going to tell us a little bit about the Great Northern Conference Tournament. Uh, Bill, what do you got for us?
3: Well, other than these other two jokers, I managed to keep my commitments and actually make it to Anago to see the last two games of the Great Northern Conference Tournament. Uh, it was a it was a actually a great tournament all around. Uh, everybody seemed pretty happy with the way it played out. Uh, there was one upset, if you want to call it that, in the tournament. Uh, seventh-seeded Lakeland ended up getting the fifth-place spot in the tournament uh, by beating fifth-seeded Tomahawk and sixth-seeded Moseny, um, in the consolation bracket to win the to win the the fifth spot in the tournament. So uh, good for Lakeland. Um, their goalie had a couple of pretty good games there as they were outshot mightily by Tomahawk. Um, and like the other two, uh, between the third place game and the championship game, they did announce the great Northern uh, conference, all conference teams, uh, with all their fans and parents and everybody in attendance, no boring press release at the end of the season, especially those conferences that wait till like after the state tournament is over. Um, that's just wrong. Uh, all three games that final Saturday were actually, well, the first three games that final Saturday were actually really good games. um, in the, the opener, Medford and Moseny were actually tied at three after two periods um, before Max Bestie knocked in the game winner with just two minutes left in the game for Moseny to give them the seventh-place finish. Uh, Tomahawk and Lakeland were tied at two goals going into the third period before Keegan McJoint uh, knocked in Lakeland's goal early in the third to give them the 3-2 win over uh, over Tomahawk. Uh, Anago and Rhinelander were in a 2-1 game going into the third period, and then uh, Rhinelander got a, a five-minute head contact penalty, and Anago ended up scoring three goals on the major power play uh, to make it a 5-1, and that was an upset win, technically. Uh, Anago was the, the four-seed, Rhinelander was the three. And then uh, the championship game, Northland Pines and Wapaka, uh, they were a game of the week a couple of weeks ago. It was 11-2 that time. Uh, it was 9-2 this time. Uh, once again, Wapaka kept it close through the first period. It was just one nothing Pines, but the shots were 18-2 to when uh, when the ice is tilted that far, eventually you just you run out of steam. And uh, Northland Pines kind of ran away with it, uh, taking the the Great Northern Conference championship. Uh, they announced the the GNC All Conference team. I'll do the first team here. Uh, goalie Brett Wilkins for Northland Pines. Uh, the three forwards are Jack Rody from Northland Pines, Jack Menzies from Wapaka, and Abe Lagas from Wyn- from Rheinlander. Uh, defense are Tucker Whitkopf from Northland Pines and Max. Ben Binster from Tomahawk, who is also the Conference Player of the Year, and the Conference Coach of the Year was David Cox of Northland Pines.
0: All right, Junior, I'm sorry. I was doing something else. Um, So, guys, we have, I think if I counted right, 17 conferences between the boys and the girls teams in the state what would you tell the, the the coaches as to why a conference tournament at the end of the year would be a good thing versus what they're doing right now? Uh, good reasons.
3: First, I think playing a tournament um, always ups the stakes for what you're doing, and playing it right at the end of the season just gets you in the right mindset uh, going into the playoffs. A second, you get four games back on your schedule if you're an eight-team conference. Um, you go from playing all the teams in your conference twice uh, to dropping off that, seven, that second set of seven games and just playing three conference games in the tournament. Then you got four games left. You can use that for another in-season tournament. You can use that for traveling to other teams in your sectional. Or if you don't want to do the traveling, you can still play against teams in your conference again. Um, It was canceled by weather, but Northland Pines and Mozanie were going to play a non-conference game in the Pines Classic. Um, There's nothing stopping you from still playing those games, and that was one of the concerns that uh, some teams in the Great Northern Conference had um, before they switched over from the traditional play-each-other-twice to the play-once-and-have-a-tournament format, is they didn't want to have to travel further for their games, and then eventually they were convinced, well, you don't actually have to. You can still play those other teams in your conference if you want to. It's just not a conference game. Um, so, you know, the play, meaningful playoff-type hockey in a tournament and you get four extra games on your schedule that you can do with as you please. Um, those are two big reasons to do it. If you're a classic eight-team conference, I hope everybody caught what I just said, there's no reason not to play a conference tournament at the end of the season.
1: And the, 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 the one more thing on there, the award ceremony. Um, for all of for, for your all conference team, your your scholar athletes, whatever awards you give out, you do it when you have a, a fairly packed house. Uh, so you're, the players all walk out on the ice. I mean, they're all there. I mean, you, not, it, it's not just players from those last four teams that are there. I mean, the ones who played earlier they they stick around for those award ceremonies, and um, that that is a that is a great thing also.
0: Burglar. You know, I know we talked about, like, a lot of times um, strong conferences want to play multiple games in their conferences versus a conference that's maybe a little bit top-heavy would rather free up some games to play against stronger teams. Do you think that is pretty much the way uh, we can look at this? Uh, Do you you think it it benefits – teams in both a strong conference and a weak conference
3: i don't think that there are any strong conferences i don't think there's a conference in the state where the bottom three teams are really a threat to like the top two or three teams in in the conference um so in that way playing each other once and then having a tournament you can find four games to play against teams that are closer to your skill level um you know, we say and that, you know, yeah,
1: and that that works just as well at the bottom as it does at the top. You know, the, the the stronger teams like to play other stronger teams, and you know, the the teams at the bottom of the conference can play. You know, don't don't want to have to get beat up by those top teams all the time. And like he said earlier, just because it's not a conference game, you can still go back and play that other team in your conference a second time, just as a non-conference game.
0: Right, and that that kind of avoids those twenty to twenty to nothing wins, right? You know, when you have the top versus the bottom.
3: Yeah, I mean, when I was in high school, you know, Wasa West and Spash would beat the snot out of, you know, Marshfield and Merrill and some other teams in the Wisconsin Valley Conference, you know, a couple times a year. And there's no reason that's not good for either team. I mean, the winning team doesn't learn anything from it, neither does the losing team. Um, you know, just as an example, you know, the three and four seeds in the GNC are Anago and Rhinelander. If they couldn't fill out those extra four games, I'm sure Anago and Rhinelander would be more than happy to play against each other. They're not that far apart. It's an easy trip. They're evenly matched. I mean, you know, there's no real downside to it. Um, I, the way I look at it, it's all upside, and you know, we we're, this week on the podcast we're calling it championship week, just like they do in in college football when all the conference championships are played that one week. Um, it's just a cool thing to have, and I think uh, I think it would it'd be a benefit to everybody. Now, who knows what conferences are going to look like next year when there's two divisions? Are they going to keep multi division conferences? Uh, I have no idea what's going to go on with that, but. I'd like to see this continue and grow.
1: There you go, Trashers. So now why don't you uh, keep with the championship week theme and give us some players of the week.
0: All right. I almost feel like, uh, yeah, I can do that. All right. So we got the championship week players of the week. And on the boys' side, we'll start on the boys' side, and the winning Player comes from the Great Northern Conference, who duh, played in a tournament this weekend. And his name is Brett Wilkins. He's a junior goalie from Northern Pines. In a Friday game against anago He had fifteen a fifteen save shutout in the, the obviously the win. On Saturday in a nine to two win over wapaka He stopped eleven and let in two. And uh, On the year, he is the state leader in goals against average, one point one nine, and he is also eighth in the state in save percentage with a nine twenty-seven save percentage. So Brett Wilkins from Northern Pines is your boys' championship week player of the week. On the girls' side, Abby O'Con, another goalie, she's a sophomore from the Warbirds Alliance. On Friday against Wisconsin Valley Union. She had 12 saves and allowed one in a win over the, the Union. The next day, she had a 21-save shutout in a win over the Fox City Stars. She is also the state leader in goals against with a 1.32 mark, and she is fourth in the state in save percentage at 9.33. So, Abby O'Con, your girls uh, player of the week. Brett Wilkins, your... Boys player of the weekend uh, championship theme. We like that. And I, I think, guys, you know, maybe if people hear this, they'll, they'll think about it a little bit more and hopefully uh, get into it and uh, maybe thresh things up a little bit and uh, make it happen. But um, for now, uh, as it was the first Sunday in February, That means only one thing for state hockey fans, and that is sectional seating. So, we know how it all shook out. We know who got right, who got wronged. Uh, Let's have a little discussion about the sectional seating, guys. Uh, What do you think about how it all worked out? Does it work? Did anybody get totally kind of shafted, I guess I could say, Uh, What do y'all think about it? Well, on
3: the boys' side, I certainly can't say if anybody got shafted. Uh, When the sectional seedings come out on the boys' side every year, I look at, like, one through four, and then I stop. Um, And that's coming from the guy who picked six-seeded Bayport to go to the state tournament in 2017 and was right. Um, I just want to point that out again. Um, But I don't even look past the top four because at that point, it's... There's there's so much going on in in the the eleven team boys brackets that it's hard to say who's really fifth sixth seventh and eighth. Um, so I always look at the top three. And on the boys side this year, the way a lot of these brackets bro- broke out, it was kind of a no brainer on who should be where. You know, looking at section three, West beat Pines and Spash. Pines beat Spash. Nobody else in the section will beat any of those three teams, so West, Pines, and Spash are 1-2-3. Um, most of the sections broke down that way. The only one where things get real interesting is Section 2 um, because there's no clear frontrunner there. They've all kind of beat each other. I think Eau Claire North, they got the number one seed and they they earned it, but everybody else in that section is kind of just jumbled up and messed around. But other than that, I think the boys' side is pretty well pretty well chalk. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer.
1: Well, I don't know if it was, well, not entirely. No. There's there's always going to be, um, you know, questions. Uh, we, we, we're always paying close attention to Section 3, where you've got, you know, three of our top ten teams in there. And generally – usually you think there's not a whole lot of difference between being the number one seed and the number two seed because you have home ice for two games. And if you win that, the sectional final is already at a predetermined location, which could be, you know, neutral location, but you have home ice. But in, in section three, uh, the number one seed, I'm not going to say as a cakewalk is that I want to, you know, denigrate, D.C., Everest or Wisconsin Rapids, the number four and five seed, or anybody else. I mean, yes, they, they could win a game. But the number one seed, in this case, Wausau West, you know, has a couple of easier games before having to meet, if things go by seed, you know, the winner of Spash versus Northland Pines. So, North, you know, of those top three teams, Spash and Northland Pines each have to win two you know, beat two top ten teams to go to state. West only has to beat the remainder of one of those two. You look at our seeding, our our ranking, and our our top ten, and most of those polls have, you know, give Pines an edge over Wausau West. You look at the actual games that they played just within the section, um, Wausau West has not lost to anybody in the section. They did beat, you know, Northland Pines, you know, head-to-head. So, you know, what do coaches pay more attention to? I think probably the number one thing that, well, less on the boys' side, the number one thing they pay attention to is is head-to-head competition. So I think, you know, any, any, any chance that Pines had of, you know, claiming the top seed, you know, would be, you know, bj Brandt would just you know drop that trump card down there you know we played you we won
3: and i think on the on the boys side i think head-to-head always gets first billing unless you end up in a rock paper scissors situation and we see it with some of the complaints about the current boys top 10 um west lost to usm pines beat usm pines lost to west you can't rank those three teams in a top ten based on head to head You have to take other factors into account because head-to-head they're playing rock-paper-scissors with each other. In Section 3, you don't currently have that. West beat both Pines and Spash. Pines beat Spash. So those three teams are, other than those games against each other, Pines and Spash are also undefeated in the section uh, except for Wassa West and Spash and Pines. So that one just kind of puts itself together um, pretty easily because you don't have that rock-paper-scissors situation.
0: And I think that one of the most important games all the way through here, boys and girls' side both, is the number five versus the number four. Number four gets the home game. Number five has to, to travel. Um, and I don't haven't really looked at it closely, but, uh, I mean, there are times when there could be a little bit of uh, mixing around where the The home team gets definitely the benefit, and uh, the, the visiting team, who probably should have been the home team, you know, maybe comes out on the short end of the stick. What do you guys think about that one?
3: Well, a four and five. In most cases, you might be able to argue the five should be the four, but it's really a toss up, and it's going to come down to, you know, you could get, even if you just took the coaches out of the situation and you got 15 people in the room and argued about four and five, the vote's probably going to be eight to seven, one over the other. Um, so you can say maybe the 5 should have been, but in most cases it's not clear um, that the 5 should have been the 4 and they lose out on that home game. Those rankings are almost always a toss-up.
0: Okay, so we have coaches are involved in this, but they use the – Mitch Hawker's rankings, they use uh, Jeff rankings Sean's rankings, uh, USHSHO, and the stack rankings. I mean, they go into the room with printouts of all of this, plus what they do head-to-head, common opponents, whatever. At what point, you know, if, if you want to try to make this more perfect, let's say, and I'm probably going to get denigrated for saying this, but... Do you take the coaches out of the equation? I mean, do you do that? Can you do that? Should you do that?
3: Well, well, the WIAA is I think- moving to computerized rankings for the football playoffs next year. Um, their first experiment with that. I know that the what is it? The RPI is used to to seed the NCAA basketball tournament every year, and the uh, the hockey tournament for the teams that didn't win their their conference outright is, is usually based on a computerized ranking of some sort, informing the decision. Um, so you could move to that, but I don't know that the the results would be significantly different.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, coaches who think they will benefit, who have you know who are ranked higher in the one of the computerized rankings, and the they will take that information in there. But coaches who are, you know, be, who will benefit, you know, by by having ending up stronger in their conference if their their conference is heavy in their sectional, they'll use that information. Of course, they'll always use head to head. So, I mean, coaches will bring whatever information they think will give them an edge.
0: Okay, uh, Dell, did you have
2: anything on that, or
0: they pretty well- much?
2: The thing is, is you know, one one of the things is I'll look at I'm going to take, look at a conference here, and I'm actually going to take the girls sectional one, and we look at this one and Eau Claire. The ECA stars got the number one seed. They are ranked fairly high in our I mean probably like four or so in our top ten. Um. The number two seed is Hudson. Hudson beat the Stars both times they met them, and I mean I think it was like four to one. I have the scores here. The first time they played was at Hobbs, and Hudson won that game four to one. The second time was at Hudson, and Hudson won that game three to one. But yeah, you, know, you know the Stars end up you know going to get in the first number one seed. Now, I don't know who, I didn't look to see who won the conference, but I think that's one thing that also, you know, when the coaches get together, that comes into play. And one of the things that I, one of the places I'll look at is, I'll go to section four of the boys. Number one seed is Onalaska. Onalaska uh, won their conference. And, you know, they, the number two seed is RWD, who Alaska beat head to head number three seed is Toma, Toma Sparta is your number three seed that they played RWD and their only meeting was a two to two tie. But I believe one of the things that helped lead RWD to get the number two seed is they went on to win their conference title. And so, you know, I think those are things that come into play also when. When they look at their seats, they win their conference, you know, and it's one of the things that the coaches use towards their arguments. And I think we all realize, you know, that there is no perfect system to to this. And, you know, even if you go by the rankings, you know, you're still going to end up with disagreements on it. And, you know, I, I guess that's to me, it's kind of one of the things that, you know, leads to more things to talk about. And look forward to, you know, as the playoffs start. Because, you know, as a coach, you're going to your, into your team saying, okay, you think that, you know, we didn't get what we deserved in this evening. You know, okay, let's go prove it on the
1: ice. Well, that, that, that gets us to, uh, well, let's go back to Section 1 on the girls and bring back Bill's uh, rock, paper, scissors thing. Um, you talked about Hudson, you know, Eau Claire getting the top seed while Hudson beat them. Um, well, you look at Hudson's schedule, you know, and they, um, you know, they they got beat by the uh, Saint Croix Valley Fusion. Okay, so now and tie them. So now you have Hudson and Eau Claire and Saint Croix Valley Fusion playing rock paper scissors, and the odd team out of that equation is the Western Wisconsin Stars because they. They, they they lost twice to Eau Claire. They beat and tied the Saint Croix Valley Fusion, but they didn't play Hudson. And the fact that they didn't play Hudson, and Hudson has that whole rock paper scissors thing going out. The other two, the Western Wisconsin Stars can't jump into that mix with them. So they end up, you know, they end up higher higher in our our coaches poll and our computer rankings but with the number four seed out of it. Probably because they didn't play Hudson.
0: And, you know, I think from what I had heard was their... Uh, that must
1: have been but, a cutthroat coaches meeting. <laughs> well, they, actually, <laughs> yeah. they actually did play Hudson. Did they? Yeah, the Stars
3: played Hudson back on November 29th and beat them
0: 6-1.
1: to one. So well, I think, did, How did they end up at the four seed?
0: What what I think they they went into the meeting to do, from what I understand, is compete with uh, the fusion, trying to get the number three spot at the very least. Um, they went one zero and one against the fusion, which you would think would put them ahead, but I don't know all the uh, the common opponents how that all worked out, but. Um, you know, I mean, it, it just seems to me like, based on where Western Wisconsin finished in the stack and the My Hockey or the USHSHO rankings, they kind of got the short end of the stick on this deal. That—that's my opinion on it.
1: Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. I thought they'd be battling for one or two, and they end up at, at four.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I, you know, don't get us wrong. We we don't have any any argument against any of the other coaches. You know, uh, St. Croix Valley Fusion, Matt Cranston, he's a great guy. He's a good friend of ours. Um, he's in there battling for uh, the highest spot he can get, uh, and, uh, you know, maybe the fact that Western Wisconsin is a little bit, um, you know, their, their coaches have less experience than Matt does and stuff, and that's probably got something to do with it too. But, uh, you know, I, I think my whole thing is, is there any way that we can make this system better? And does it take computer rankings only? You know, a a little mix of both, and how do we make it happen? No,
3: you can't make it better. Um, If you could make it perfect, the games wouldn't be necessary on the ice. Um, You can make it less subjective and leave it to a computer ranking, but that's not necessarily better. Uh, we've all seen the computer ranking show a team higher than another when we all know they shouldn't be. And then when those two teams meet, the one we know should win wins. Um, Just because sometimes that's the way the schedules and whatever shake out for the computer ranking. So the computer ranking could possibly make it more fair and could take coach biases out of it when it comes to the meeting, but it doesn't necessarily make it any better. Better is a hard thing to come by. That's why, you know, when they moved from college football ending with just a pole, they moved to the BCS, and everybody hated the BCS. The BCS was better than a pole, but it still wasn't right. Now they've moved to a playoffs, which is better than the BCS was. Eventually, maybe they will move to the playoff they should actually have, which is... I believe the seven major conference champions, and then one add-in f- to actually play a eight-team tournament for the a college football championship. That would be best. But better is a, is a subjective thing that you're not really going to get to, and they still have to play the games on the ice anyway. So you don't want to see a team get to get hosed. And I think Western Wisconsin, in my eyes, is probably should have been the two seed here, but. Just making it the computer and getting them where they should be does not necessarily make it better. It makes it better for them this year, but it doesn't necessarily help anybody else down the road just because the computers aren't infallible either.
1: Well, no, and, I and we're, it, we're talking about one one section out of 12. I mean granted, we knew this we knew this was the most competitive section before it came out. And, yes, when, when you have the coaches, I mean, the way it works is each, each coach submits their initial uh, seeding suggestion, and then the coaches can challenge the team ahead of them. And then they, they present their case, and then the coaches vote on that challenge. And, yes, when you have somebody, um, like I, I was talking with, with uh, the Anago coach, Matt you know his first year in there, they were trying to get the number one seed. But he's brand new to this whole process. And Pete Susans from Wausau West also wanted the number one seed. And they got it. <laughs> Pete Susans did because, you know, experience and, you know, coaches and the respect the other coaches have for that coach, you know, a lot of them don't want to piss off another coach. You know, so there's there's more – I mean, there's more than just the teams. Of well, a lot of there, there, there's a lot involved, uh, personality-wise, with the coaches and stuff. So yes, something a little more objective um, than you know, coaches, you know, staring each other down, you know, in a blinking contest uh, would you know might be better. Well,
2: and the one other thing that I'm sure these coaches use when when they're doing you know their discussions is well you know, yes, we lost to this team, but at the time we played this team, we were short this player and this player. You know, when when they're short, you know, a couple of their better players and stuff. And it's things that they point out. And, you know, I, I think that we all basically agree, you know, it is what it is, and it's going to be proven on the ice. And, and that's to, to make it to the state and, make it, and win the state championship. You've got to win whoever you're, you're facing on the ice. And so that, that's what it's going to boil down to this year. And if you want to use the way the seedings come out as, as an incentive, then then use it that way. But, you know, you, you can, otherwise, you, you know, you're going to tell your players, and we've all heard coaches say t- say to their players, you know, we can't cry over what we've got dealt. You know, we have to d- deal with it and go out there and prove prove ourselves. And that's where all these teams are at right now.
3: I mean, and, and Girls' Section 1 is also the same sectional where you know people are saying, well, how is it fair that four of the top seven or eight teams in the state are all in the one section? Well, that's just the way geography works out. Northland Pines, Wasa West, and Spash, I believe, are uh, one, three, and five in the boys' top ten right now. They're all in the same section. Um, that's not any less fair than than all those girls' teams playing in the one section. And ultimately, you still have to beat those teams.
2: Well, I go. We look at the boy boy side quite often. You know, we we look at you know you know boys sectional one, boys sectional two, and you know there's a lot of times that you know you, you see anywhere from four to five of the teams that are ranked in the top ten in the state are in, you know end up being in two different taking up two of your sectionals, and you're like you know it's hard to see some of your better teams. End up staying home and not making to state, but you know that's one thing that's going to be interesting. Once we do make it to state this year, what what what's, what are we seeing this year? We're actually seeing that teams that make it there get seated as to where instead of seeing you know the maybe the top two teams being in different in sectionals that have to meet each other right off the bat at state this year, we're fortunate enough that they had decided this year they're going to start the seeding there. And, you know, that's going to be interesting to see and t- talk about and hear, hear how everybody feels about that once those are announced, once we get that far.
1: And on the other side, as I was plugging in all the, the teams and the brackets, I was kind of surprised at um, just how quickly uh, some teams have fallen on, on hard times. Like, it was just, it seems like just a couple years ago um, that, you know, Appleton was, you know, was a dynasty in the making. We saw them at the state tournament. And I looked, and I plug in, they're they're a number nine seed. Um, Wanakee was, you know, was was challenging for spots just a couple years ago. And, you know, you put them in as as a number seven seed. I mean, Kenosha's had a good program. they I don't know if they've challenged for a state tournament, but they, you know, putting them in at, at a number eleven seed, the last seed in, the, in their their section. I mean, these these you know teams that Cedarburg wasn't Cedarburg at the state tournament a couple years ago.
2: Yes, they had that. they rolled their goalie, and they're their goalie number, actually won a goalie.
1: They're, they're the number eleven out of eleven in their section. The yeah, they're seat.
2: they were probably
0: there about four or five years yeah. ago. Yeah, yeah. so
1: yeah, you mentioned. I mean,
0: Appleton, things change for sure. You
3: mentioned Appleton United; they looked like a dynasty in the making. Not only they're a nine seed this year, they lost their girls team.
0: They just
1: can't find them anymore. They're, they're
3: part of the Fox City Stars now, <laughs> oh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean, they don't even they don't have their girls team anymore. So something in Appleton youth hockey has taken at least a blip um, for a couple of years there about. Eight years ago?
0: Yeah, I think the the common theme is paper mills. That happened in Rapids. That happens in the Fox Valley. Um, You lose your paper mills. You lose people that have those high-paying jobs, and all of a sudden those kids that were able to play and afford – Hockey, youth level hockey and high school hockey can't do it anymore. And I mean, it, it sounds like yeah, it's kind of not that big of a deal. But you know, I mean, it's it's part of the deal. So there, there's all these things that kind of come around to uh, to knock down programs. And before you know it, you know your your good programs are kind of not that good, and your average programs. Don't even exist anymore. So, um, for whatever reason, definitely sucks. But Um, okay, so uh, I think we did a a good job on the sectional seating. Got a chance to talk about what was right, what's wrong, and you know how it is. So, from there, let's move on to the top 10, and that would be Webb Junior's milieu. Uh, Webb what do you got for us
3: Sure thing The boys top 4 stays the same Northland Pines, USM, Wausau West and Superior uh, 5 and 6 swap from last week This week Pines is 5th and Verona is 6th 7th and 8th swap from last week This week Onalaska is 7th and Sun Prairie is 8th Nina Hortonville Menasha is still ninth, And Eau Claire North is still 10th Honorable mention for the boys are Chippewa Falls Eau Claire Memorial, Hudson, Madison West And Notre Dame Did I say Eau Claire North or Eau Claire Memorial for number 10? I meant North. I don't know if I actually said North. Got a bad habit.
1: Well, check the replay. Yeah,
3: I'll check the replay. I got a bad habit of saying Eau Claire Memorial just because of, you know, like the 15 years of stunning success. Um, on the girls' side, the top eight are the same as last week. Uh, the Warbirds Alliance is one, Fox City Stars two, Central Wisconsin Stormer are three, Eau Claire Area Stars are fourth, Western Wisconsin Stars are fifth, St. Croix Valley Fusion is sixth, Hudson Raiders are seventh, USM Wildcats are eighth. The Rock County Fury move into the ninth spot. Uh, And the Hayward Co-op Hurricanes move into honorable mention. Honorable mention for the girls are the Cap City Cougars and the Bay Area Ice Bears. Not a lot of movement in the top ten this week.
0: No, and I think that has probably a lot to do with the the lack of games that were played because of the weather. You know, you, you look at the boys' side and, the top four didn't move, and then like the next four flip flopped, um, and then girl side the the top eight didn't do anything, and then the last couple moved around a little bit. So um, I'm sure the weather had something to do with it. It's a lot easier when you're only playing one game, you know, and have the chance to get upset or whatever. There but
3: there are there are well, several but, but, there are several really good boys games on Thursday this week. Hudson and Eau Claire Memorial play, Northland Pines and Superior play, Stevens Point and Wausau West play, uh, and Chippewa Falls and Eau Claire North play. Um, So Thursday, there are four games between top ten honorable mention opponents head-to-head. So, you know, depending on which side wins, we, we should see some movement next week.
0: Burglar, what do you got for us?
1: Did I have anything?
0: I don't know. I thought you had something. I did cut you off. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. But I forgot. But yeah,
3: that was so long. <laughs> I forgot what it was. <laughs> and, okay. And that's... and on Tuesday this week, Eau Claire North and Eau Claire Memorial play, and Nina Hortonville, Menasha and Stevens Point play. Um, so Stevens Point, Eau Claire North, and Eau Claire Memorial all have two games against top ten opponents this week. So there's a there's a lot of potential for movement this week.
0: All right. So that's what we'd like to see, and that's uh A good thing for those teams, you know, when it's come down to playoff time, they have an opportunity to to match up with some uh, better opponents to see where they're sitting at, and uh, we'll see how that works out. So it should be a good week this week and definitely a good week next week. Um, Our upcoming games of the week on the boys' side will be Thursday – Spash at Wausau West, and this is going to be for the Wisconsin Valley Conference title. And I believe, and you'll have to correct me on this, either Webb Jr. or Burglar will be attending this game. Uh, Guys, what can you tell me about it?
1: Well, we'll probably both be there. We, We may even bring in a third.
0: Wow. They... Yeah, are you going to be sitting in the penalty box, or are you going to be sitting in the stands?
1: Well, there'll be a person with a camera, not in the penalty box. Uh, technically, it's like in between the penalty box and the visiting players' bench.
3: I sat in the stands for one period at the Great Northern uh, Conference Tournament, and I'm not doing that again. Um, my rant wouldn't have anything
1: to do with parents, no. would it? <laughs> my
3: rant about parents a couple weeks ago was not nearly forceful enough. I just want to sit in the stands with a bullhorn. When they shout, that's interference, I just want to get the bullhorn out and go, no, he had the puck. Or that's hooking. No, they were just skating next to each other. I just, oh my god.
1: He trapped him.
3: No, he just fell down.
0: (laughs) Alrighty, guys. I think that Whoever's taking pictures should go up to the the little loft above the um, that's too high scores table.
1: It's too high and it's in the middle of the rink.
0: It's too high and you're 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 cramped. I was up there for one game and I thought it would be all good, but it's not all good. No. So
1: I've I've done I've done game I've done I tried doing a a game in Antigo. There's a, a ledge next to the, the scorer's booth, and you, it, it's an odd angle to shoot at. The only place it really works is, um, for some reason, it works in Eau Claire at Hobbs. I think it's because it's a little farther back off of the boards that you can get a better angle. with. It, that do, it doesn't just look like you're looking down on top of them.
0: I think it, it works good at Hobbs. For sure. That was, if you read my article from a few weeks ago about, you know, you should read that, um, about uh, rinks and how they are for media. I think Hobbs was ranked number one. Uh, Spash over at KB Willett is ranked in the top two or three. And um, what was the other one? Uh, shoot, I can't remember, but whatever. Um you know, yeah, definitely, we like to go, we like to cover games at rinks where you get good shots, you get, you know, good angles on whatever you're doing, and uh, we, we hope that it works out. So um, at uh, Marathon Park, you're kind of shooting either over the top of the glass from the top of the stands or you're some down somewhere down in the penalty box or player's bench area. And just trying to get shots from down there. So, I mean, you'll be right at at, at player level. But, I mean, you got to watch out for flying pucks, too, definitely, for sure. So, um, that's the uh, the boys' game of the week, Spash and Wassa West at Marathon Park. The girls' upcoming game of the week is going to be Friday, and we'll participate The Wisconsin Valley Union at the Rock County Fury. And uh, that should be a good game in the the southern part of the state. And I believe...
1: We think uh, there's going to be a Hobbit at that game for us.
0: There should be a Hobbit sighting. (laughs) Okay. And I'm not even sure where that game's at, if that's going to be in Beloit or if that's It's somewhere in Wisconsin? (laughs) <laughs> it'll be Janesville, it'll be Beloit, or it'll be at the Slice, one of the three. We're not exactly sure where. But
2: Hold on, and I'll let you know.
0: <laughs> Our guy will be there to cover it, as long as he doesn't get lost somewhere in Hobbitland, I guess.
2: The game will be at the Janesville Ice Skating Center. At 7
0: p.m. All right. And that's on Friday night. Friday evening. Wisconsin Valley Union at Rock County Fury should be a good game. Uh, we got uh, Pistol Cowden playing goalie for Rock er, Wisconsin Valley Union. And uh, Rock County Fury has got a pretty decent team. So should be a close matchup, and that's something that we are looking forward to. Um, okay, so let's move to final thoughts. And I'm going to start, and if anybody else has anything else after that, they can finish up. But my my final thought, and the, for the final time this year, is the Hobie Baker Character Award. And um, I was told by Jim Hayes, the Hobie Baker character um, guy that basically kind of runs this thing, for the, the the program, and um, he said that uh, he's going to give it one more one more week, or and probably not a week, but like four or five days. And at this point, um, we're good to, I think Friday. I believe is the deadline. And as of right now, we're looking at boys teams have 51 of 84 teams have have nominated a player, which is 60%. And on the girls' side, it's 14 of 28 for 50%. And I know we've talked about this a lot, or I have actually, uh, looking to try to get 70%. And, I mean, it's a great thing for a, a senior player who's deserving of this. You know, uh, make sure to nominate your kids, and you got a few days to do it. Uh, it's a big deal. You know, I mean, it looks great on their college resume, Hobie Baker Character Award. I mean, people that don't even know anything about hockey know something that a Hobie Baker Character Award means something. So this is a big deal for your kids. So don't think that it's not. Don't be lazy. You know, don't say, oh, I don't have enough time. Get out there. Nominate your kid. Uh, You've gotten the emails from... Jim, Jim Hayes, probably seven, eight times this year. Uh, if you, for some reason, didn't get it, send an email to me, trasherdog at net, and I'll make sure I get it to Jim. But you have a good player, a, a deserving senior player. They need to get this award on their resume. Uh, you need to nominate them. It's a great thing. Uh, right now we're at, you know, Sixty and seventy percent, or whatever the heck it is, sixty and fifty percent, and that's not enough. Um, no reason we can't get more than that, way more than that. So, take this time over the next few days, nominate your deserving players, and uh, you know, make everybody happy. It's, it's a worthwhile award, and it's something that you really need to do for your kids. Okay. My rant is over, and I think that's all I well, got guys yeah
1: well I'm just gonna follow up on that if if you watched the uh, the Super Bowl pregame show I think it was actually in just the pregame show not not the pre pregame or the pre 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 pregame show but the the one that was just before the the football with well, like within an hour of the football game itself um they did the uh, I believe the NFL calls it the, the Walter Payton Humanitarian Award. All 32 teams had a player represented out there. It's kind of yes. like that. It's kind of like that, but for high school hockey. Everybody, Every team should have a player in that field. That, that, that's, that's all.
0: Well said. I think you you nailed it 100%. Um, This is a a great award, and there's no reason, coaches, boys and girls side, and I believe we have like 112 teams between boys and girls, there's no reason, absolutely zero, that we can't have 112 nominees for this award. Obi Baker Character Award—it's a big deal. I mean, needs to be done. So get it done. You got like four more days. So get your nominations in to uh, Jim Hayes at jhayes at acosta.com, or if you got problems getting it to there, send it to Trash Your Dog at charter.net. I will pass it along to Jim. Uh, a big deal. A, Great deal. It's a, a, a huge deal for kids on your team, especially if they deserve it. So, um, guys, I think that's all I got for tonight. How about you? Anything
2: else you need to add? Not here. Nothing for me.
0: Alrighty then. So for Billberg Senior, Dell Scanlon. Bill Jr., and myself, Trasher, in Port Edwards, Wisconsin, easy for me to say. Good night, and uh, we hope you enjoyed this week in Wisconsin Prep Hockey. Take care, and have
2: a good evening.